Coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, Trent Cotton joined by LaShawn Daniels. We recap the weekend that was for LaShawn. He was the honorary captain in the matchup against Northwestern. We'll talk about that experience and what it was like for him. Purdue on top next. What are the Boilermakers' problems? How have they continued to dominate the Phil Parker defense? We'll get into that and a whole lot more. All coming up on today's Locked Guys podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. LaShawn Daniels here with us, former Hawkeye running back. After a weekend that he was honored as the honorary captain, got to go out to midfield, talk to the team a whole lot more. We will get into the details here today. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Big thank you to everybody out there on the podcast side of things. Rate and review. If you can, five stars, of course, is what we're always looking for. And on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we get in front of more and more Hawkeye fans. Well, LaShawn, quite the weekend. We tried to get you on Friday. You're hanging out in the car, getting ready to talk to the team. The connection was a little wonky. So we didn't get a preview of what it was like, but a chance to review what we saw. So let's talk about it. A breakdown of just the way the weekend went, starting with Friday, you get into Iowa City, said first time you'd been there for a while and a chance to talk to the team. So break it down a little bit. In fact, before we would get there, how did it come? How did you find out that you were going to be the honorary captain? Yeah. So um, for starters, uh, it's a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm pretty sure those parents meant to call me, but called my dad, you know, since we have the same number. So it probably showed up the same in his phone. Uh-huh. Um and my dad was like, oh, close parents has called me or whatever. And I was like, what did he want and whatnot? And then, you know, literally two seconds later, like, you know, uh, he calls my phone and stuff. Um, and then he was just like, you know, we caught we caught up on the phone. And he's like, yeah, um, I got a job for you, though, or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. What is it? And he's like, oh, I want you to be honorary captain for um, upcoming week. And I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, no hesitation or whatever. Right. Like, yeah, I'll. I'll go up there and be an honorary captain. Yeah, this is a pretty cool honor. So that's how I, that's how it happened, um, which was obviously I was pretty excited for it. Um, and then on Friday, we drove from uh, from Chicago down to, uh, down to Iowa, uh, got there, and then, you know, obviously got, like, all the logistics and all that stuff. Um, you know, my itiner- itinerary, all that jazz um talked with with coach parents a little bit before uh you know the team meeting and everything just obviously you know kind of get caught back up obviously he got a chance to meet meet the family um because like he hasn't met my daughter yet none of the coaches haven't met my daughter yet right because it's been so long since i've been there Mm -hmm. so they got opportunity to meet her and then and then yeah then uh you know then we just got off and rolling and you know i got obviously got the opportunity to talk to the team um which was which was uh pretty cool uh, no doubt about it. So what was the message? Because it worked. I mean, how about that performance <laughs> offensively? I mean, the offense was clicking. It was four first half possessions. They score every time. We didn't even see Tory Taylor in the first half of the game. We got to bring you back every week, LaShawn. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody was saying. Um, no, I mean, I think, uh, obviously, they did, they did a great job preparing um, leading up to the week. And, uh, you know, for my message, I really obviously just try to keep it simple because, I mean, at this point in time in the season, like 
there's not too much that I can say that they haven't already heard yet, right? Up to this point, right? At least from the, from everyone in the building, right? Because um, I know Coach Parents loves his speeches, especially on Mondays, Monday, Monday, Wednesday team meetings, right? Like he loves, uh, you know, getting the team uh, messages out just so the team like his idea, like here, here's what we got to be, here's how we got to be focused on this, how we're going to win on Saturday. Um, so you see, I just went in, kind of echoed a bunch of that stuff. Uh, and then obviously I kind of relate, relate it back to my experience, right. When I was, when I was in school. So, um, I see they're kind of going through a similar rut, not, it's not the exact same, but similar, right. I mean, 2015, right. 12 and two regular season. I mean, 12 and two year, um, big 10 West champs, Rose Bowl appearance, top 10 team, all that jazz. Right. And so going into the next season, right. It's like, yeah, there's expectations around us right now. It's like, okay, like, can this become the new normal and all, and, and all that jazz. And then obviously the following season, 2016, didn't quite go as well. Right. We were a very hot and cold team. There was games that year that we, a couple games that we definitely should not have lost. Right. Um, and, you know, we continue to battle and, and fight, but uh, we never, we never really got it clicking. Right. Until uh, you know, that Michigan game. Right. And um, I try to just relate it back to that. Like, Hey, we had to do a bunch of gut checks, right. Everyone on the team, right. Whether it's from, you know, senior captains like myself or scouting players or coaches, right. Like we had to get back to really playing that Iowa brand of football, which was obviously being smarter, being tougher and obviously more physical than, than the opponent. Right. And, um, obviously making plays when, when those opportunities come, come about. So, um, I kind of just relate that back to the team. Um, like, Hey, you guys have your backs against the wall, right? It's been a while since you've had four regular season losses, right? You guys are a bunch. Of you guys are in a lot of new territory. Um, so as you guys were learning, nothing's given to you. Not non college football, definitely not in the Big Ten. Um, and you guys obviously are experiencing that this year. So uh, playing playing that Iowa brand of football, smart, tough, and physical, isn't going to guarantee you anything, but it's going to put you in a pretty good pretty good position to to win a football game. And um, I think they they obviously all took the message really really well. Um, and then obviously they went and and showed it on on Saturday, right? I mean. The offense was doing a fantastic job, especially running the football. Offensive line was coming off the ball and, um, you know, moving people around. And, you know, I'm not going to obviously downgrade the performance by saying it was against Northwestern because, again, right, it's hard um, to win football games, calls football, no matter who you go against, right? And I see Northwestern is a, a Big Ten team. So for them to come out there and, and play the way, way they did was obviously very, very impressive. So you get to go out there midfield, go out there for the coin flip. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it has to get the juices flowing again, right? You're out there every <laughs> Friday for high school football in in your coaching career that's getting started. But, boy, being at Kinnick Stadium, being back out there, hearing the crowd, had to be pretty cool to be out there. I'm sure you want to put on the pads, right? Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> hey, I was ready to go. Uh, I was ready to go. I'm like, hey, if you guys need one, like, like I'm good. Like, I, I can give you at least a couple series, like, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely is being out there and feeling the energy, um, is a lot different being down there on the field, on the sideline, around the guys and going out for the coin toss is a lot different than, you know, obviously sitting in the stands or, you know, watching on TV. And it really does kind of get those emotions back going. And you're like, man, like what I would do to have one more snap or one more series out here, um, in the black and gold. And that was another thing that I, um, kind of relate, relate to the team, right? Just like, Hey, like these opportunities that you have are few and far between, right? Like their college career is so short. 
Um, this is such a short window, right? So you got to take advantage of every opportunity that you can, or you're going to be, um, because eventually you're going to be an old guy like me wanting to get back out there on that field. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely awesome being, being back being down there and out there. So you mentioned you had your family with you. Were you on the sideline for the game? Did you go up and sit in the stands? Where were you during the game? So I was on the sideline for most of the game. My family was in the press box. Um, mm-hmm. They helped helped us with with the press box. Um, and I brought a couple of friends as well um, that were able to in the press box. But I stayed on the sideline for most of the game. I went up uh, there to check on you know everyone during halftime in the third quarter. And then I came back down for for the fourth quarter and then. Uh, you know, enjoyed the rest of the game down there and went in the locker room and congratulated everyone and everything. So, yeah. Good. That, it sounds like a, a really cool experience. So opportunity to be out there. And we mentioned the game, you know, the way the offense played. You talked about the offensive line playing at a high level. Yeah, it's Northwestern. You got to put that caveat in there. They're not good. In fact, their defense going into the game was ranked lower than Nevada, a team that we talked about how bad that yeah. was. But you know, I've talked a lot this week about being hopeful, being optimistic. You know me, I'm not the most optimistic sports fan. I am in real life. I'm a very optimistic guy, but I got a lot of scar tissues as a sports fan. And because of that, I can really struggle to be optimistic. I, I have hope for the rest of the season. Look, this de- this offense is not going to be great, but with the defense and the special teams that you have, it should put you in most every game the rest of the way. These four remaining games are all winnable. You can lose them all too, but they're all right there. From what you saw, what was it? Was it real? Was it something tangible or was it Northwestern just bad? Um, uh, I mean, you can definitely, definitely argue both, right? But I think um, there were some real, real positive steps from a bunch of players that we saw on the football field, right? Obviously, um, you know, we know the running backs are talented, right? Obviously, Caleb had a, another good game. Um, uh, Sean got in there and, you know, had some good runs as well. But I think really want to focus on the offensive line because that was something that, um, you know, me and Coach Ferris, uh end up talking about just a little bit. It's just like how, just their struggles up front, right? And it's been weighing down. It's been weighing down the offense quite a bit. And I mean, obviously, they know it. We all know it. Like we see it. Every, um, we saw it essentially every single week. Um, and to see those guys, no matter what, um, still, you know, come out on Saturday and play pretty, pretty solid. Obviously, there are some mistakes and things like that, right? But that happens, right? No one's ever going to grade a game perfect, right? It is what it is. But um, we saw them do a really, really good job, um, that much better in the run game um, and do some better things in the past game. The past game can still be better, but um, they're improving. And then Spencer, which I was impressed with, was his pocket presence, moving around the pocket mm-hmm. and then using his legs that he do that he does have um, a few times um, was, was fantastic to see. And. You know, he was pretty, pretty accurate with the football. Again, I didn't I didn't get a chance to rewatch the game. But when I was down there on the field, the fastest that he was throwing, that he was giving him, he was giving his guys a chance. Right. And those are encouraging things to see, because even in the Nevada game, right, like some of those things were like were still missing. Right. Like even early in the year, um, those things were still missing. Right. And obviously he's made progress um, at, up to this point in the year because we saw it on Saturday. Right. So those are good things you want to be able to see now it's like, can we build on that, right? Or or yeah. are we going to take a step backwards, right? Because that's that's what's going to be important for these last four weeks, right? Can they build on that performance that they had on Saturday and string those things together uh, so you can continue to put a decent output on, on offense, right? I mean, they had almost, what, 400 yards total offense, which I know yards at the end of the day are overrated, right? You want to score points, but still being able to put up yards 
obviously puts you in a position to, to score points. So um, if they can keep um, that up with offensive line and, you know, Spencer making plays when he has to, right. Cause he doesn't have to be perfect. Right. He just has to, um, you know, give guys a chance. Uh, the Iowa offense will be okay. Well, I know you got to bounce for work. You got to coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Final thing. Uh, biggest question for me and for the listeners. What did Kirk, the coaching staff, have to say about the podcast? They don't like me, do they? <laughs> no, they actually didn't. They didn't say anything about it. So I was, no! I, was I was honestly shocked. They didn't say anything about yeah. it. Uh, they must not have. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm not the only former player to do uh, mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff. So uh, clearly, clearly, they have they have no problem with it, right? Because um, you know, they didn't say anything negative. But I mean, for the most part, I feel like we're pre- we're pretty fair, right? Like most of the time, like we're we're fair, fair group. Um, it's not like we're outright just you know calling people out like without merit or anything like that. So um, I feel like we're we're pretty fair, fair group. Even though sometimes, right, it can seem like it's harsh, but I think uh, we do a pretty good job of uh, you know getting some objective opinions out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, LaShawn, appreciate it. What an honor for yeah. you. Really cool experience. I'm glad that we're able to talk about it here. And we'll break things down a little bit more next week. A big one with Purdue this week, obviously. Chance to get back in the win column for the second consecutive week and maybe build some positive vibes. Of course, going up against Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones. That's going to be the headlines throughout the week. But should be a fun one over there in West Lafayette. And the good news is we only have to hear that train. We whistle uh, during the game, watching on television. Don't have to be in there in person because I've been to Purdue before. That thing sucks. Yeah, agreed. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not not a fun place to be, honestly. So, All right, get back to work, LaShawn. Appreciate it. Peace. LaShawn joining us here after Iowa gets the win 33-13. LaShawn was the guy that was on the sidelines. He was the honorary captain. Really cool honor for him. And uh, great stuff there from LaShawn. A big appreciation him hopping on again with us here uh, this week. And LaShawn will be with us twice next week as we'll be back on a little bit more of a normal schedule. And uh, really, really cool work there. LinkedIn jobs. These days... Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I own a small business, and it is so, so difficult to find those right people. You're a big corporation. You have so much working for you. You have so many different ways that you can go about it. For us small business owners, it's incredibly difficult. And this is how LinkedIn Jobs can help you out. So easy to create a job post, but not just any job post, a free one on LinkedIn Jobs with so many people that go to that website looking for jobs each and every day. Simple tools, screening questions. It makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 2023, right around the corner. That means a lot of people looking at those new potential hires. This is a place you want to go. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trent Cotta back with you once again on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. And thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. 
wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube, you can see my mug, you can see LaShawn, you can see us when we're doing our thing on the YouTube and hit subscribe while you're there. For your second listen each and every day, don't forget about Locked On Sports Today. Locked On Sports Today gives you the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and their take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. As we continue here, a look forward now to the matchup with Purdue. As we were just talking about with LaShawn, this Purdue team, something that is continuing to be one of the more kind of baffling teams that Iowa plays against throughout the years. And you go, of course, when you're taking on the heavy heads, the Ohio States, the Penn States, the Michigans of the world, you know the difficult nature of those games and what it's going to be and just how difficult those matchups are going to be. Northwestern, they've had Iowa's number throughout the years. Certainly not the case on Saturday. But Purdue is a different one. Now, when we first had the division split in the Big Ten with the addition of Nebraska, when the Big Ten went out and they said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to create these divisions. Now, the legends and leaders, the naming of them didn't work out very well. I mean, it, it was widely panned. People made fun of it. It was it was a pretty easy mark, right? Because eh, the, the Big Ten at times, a little highfalutin, I think they're better than everybody. All right, those things are going to happen. All right, all well and good. Get it. Absolutely fine with it. That's the way it's going to be. But the idea behind it, creating two divisions, not by geography, but looking at history. Now, the programs that historically work together, creating balance, because we have not seen balance with the East and West. Well, when they did that, they also had a team that was your protected rival. And there were some easy ones, right? There were ones that made a whole lot of sense. Of course, you had Michigan, Ohio State. You had all those different ones that make sense. It was Wisconsin and Minnesota that were together. All of them made a whole lot of sense from the teams from the other division that you weren't going to play every single year. And it came down to the end, and Iowa was left with Purdue. Now, Iowa and Purdue have played for a long time since Big Ten membership has began for both of those teams. They played a ton, but it was never a real rivalry. And it's still not a rivalry in the same vein as obviously Minnesota playing for the pig, Wisconsin, and just how good those programs have been, Iowa-Wisconsin throughout the years. For the people in the Quad Cities, I know Illinois is a big deal. Nebraska, those are different kind of rivalries. They created this rivalry. What wasn't really a rivalry, and there was a lot of jokes that were made about that, and Iowa's biggest rival, Purdue. Well, it is a rivalry now, though, and it's a rivalry for a couple of different reasons. First, of course, of what's happened and transpired during the offseason. First, Tyrone Tracy. Look, Tyrone Tracy last year, he struggled. It was not the same guy that we've seen in the past. He was not the same football player that we saw early in his campaign. I mean, you think back when he had that big touchdown early in his career against Wisconsin, 75-yarder. That guy disappeared last year, and you look at his numbers this year, he's averaging seven yards a catch. He did not develop at the same level. He was dropping passes a year ago. He lost a job, and he lost, lost his opportunity. That's going to happen. And he transfers, and everybody understood it. It was all well and good. He was also, remember, he came back last spring for Iowa's open spring practice at the end of spring ball, and he was there. You know, a lot of people still had a lot of good things to say about Tyrone Tracy. He got that. But what ratcheted up, I think, is Charlie Jones. First of all, Charlie Jones not leaving after the semester, not leaving, you know, as you're going through winter workouts and getting ready, he went through spring football on top of it. And I think that rankled some people. And I'm sure it rankled some people inside the football offices at Iowa. He's not leaving. Guys are going to leave. Guys are going to transfer, go to a better spot, give yourself a better opportunity. Those things all make sense. We as fans, I think can all understand that, but to go through spring practice and then leave, 
left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. You end up at Purdue on top of it. And in the struggles that Phil Parker's defenses have had against Purdue, he's made the right choice. Charlie Jones made the right choice. There is no doubt about it. I believed at the time it was not a smart one. I thought his only chance of sticking in the NFL was going to be as a return specialist. And because of that, and because of how good LeVar Woods' special teams are throughout the year, I thought he was making a mistake. I was dead wrong. And I'm fine saying when I'm dead wrong. The dude is one of the top receivers right now in the country. He's got over 70 catches, over 800 yards, nine touchdowns on the year. He's a big play receiver, and he is showing the next level that, yes, he can also play receiver. He is not just a return special. There is more to his game, something that obviously wouldn't have happened at Iowa, even if he was out there playing every single snap. And I'm sure he would have been out there this year, a majority of the year, and especially early in the year from what we saw. Right now, Charlie Jones doesn't have 72 catches. He doesn't maybe even have half those catches with how much this Iowa offense has struggled. He made the right choice, but it's the way that this played out, I think, that rankled some people. Went, played for a, a childhood friend, the quarterback there, Aiden McConnell, who is really, really good in himself. You know, this is a guy that is not athletic, not a guy that moves around a lot. He's just a big time arm, big time talent. So let's look at the numbers a little bit deeper and how this Iowa team has struggled so much throughout the years. One of the biggest things that they do against Phil Parker's defense is they exploit when they find a matchup. First, a matchup that they like. And they're going to go there time in and time out. From David Bell, play after play after play. If there is something in the Iowa defense that is a hole, be it against zone coverage, be it some cover four that they're playing, different defensive schemes that Phil Parker runs, that is one thing. If Jeff Brom finds something that is a loophole, if you will. He is going to exploit it. A lot of coaches don't do that, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's the reality. They don't just continually go to that well, and especially in the passing game. Jeff Brom, he's not scared to do that. He will continue to do that time in and time out, and that has been a problem for Phil Parker and the defenses to adjust. In fact, you go back, I mentioned not just the last couple of years with the Rondell Moores and the David Bells of the world, but going back to that French receiver, Nagamu, I think is what it was. That dude, Iowa actually did evolve. They did change what they're doing schematically. You know, they're moving different cornerbacks around. They're moving guys to the other side of the field, something that they, it doesn't matter if they have Desmond King over there. They do not flip sides for their top cornerback. They play sides defense and you're on the right side. You're always on the right side. You're on the left side. You're always on the left side. They don't flip around. They even tried to change that and that didn't work. I believe Phil Parker is going to have a game plan. I, I think the game plan maybe is going to look very similar to what it was against Ohio State. A lot of man coverage on the outside, extra guys coming, more blitzing than you're used to with an Iowa defense. I think that's going to be part of the game plan. That is what we have coming up on Saturday. It's 11 a.m. Central kickoff. That game will be televised on FS1. Should be a great one there and a chance for Iowa. The win against Northwestern, it was fun, but it is what it is. That was a bad football team. Iowa was able to beat them. That's great, but there needs to be more. And certainly with more, you look at what this team is and what they're going to be at a chance to get not just bowl eligible, but really show tangible improvement in the final month of the season. It's a big month. November's always a big one. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. Kurt talks about that all the time, and we will see if that's the case. It's a chance here against Purdue. We're going to break them down numbers-wise. What is this Purdue team doing this season? We talked about Charlie Jones. We talked about what they've done this season. A deep dive into the numbers as we continue here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast.
Bet Online, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Talked about this the other day after Iowa got the exhibition win. They begin play against Bethune-Cookman coming up on Monday as college basketball starts and so excited about that. Find all the latest player developments, team matchup, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis of every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite games and events, World Series continues. We got, of course, the NFL, college football, college basketball starting on Monday, NBA, NHL, MMA, boxing. They have it all at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Wrapping up here today on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, I'm Trent Condon. Thanks again for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Well, this Iowa team gets ready for Purdue. Four and four on the season. Frustrations throughout. It has been certainly a big, big frustrating year at times. But not a chance to completely heal everything because this team still struggling. No longer last in the country are the Hawkeyes in total offense. 129th moving on up after nearly 400 yards in the win against Northwestern on Saturday. The passing offense, 120th. Rushing offense, also 120th. But the defense, scoring defense, fifth in the country right now. Total defense, fifth in the country. Rush defense, 11th in the country. Passing yards allowed, 10th in the country. These numbers are elite, and that is what's happening. Also, this team not making dumb mistakes. Fourth fewest penalties in the country from Iowa. And that kind of gives you a blueprint going forward. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to be pretty darn close. All these games, all four remaining games are going to be razor thin. It's going to be a play here. It's going to be a play there. It's going to be an opportunity for this Iowa team to get wins, but to play smart. Turnovers have been a huge problem with this team. Of course, the six turnovers against Ohio State, that lingers, the interceptions that we've seen this year, the fumbles, just everything all together. And we also need to see this Iowa defense maybe even create a little bit more. I mean, I know you're asking a lot out of this team. So seeing here with this guy, the squad from Purdue. Aiden O'Connell mentioned him. He is the ringleader. He is accurate. He is tough. He will make throws in tight windows that you frankly don't see many college quarterbacks does. He is a gunslinger to the nth degree. 32nd in the country right now in total offense. They don't run it a whole lot. 93rd in the country, but 13th in passing offense. This defense coming into the year, you know, you thought the defense was going to be a pretty salty overall, and they've been good. You lose George Kalaftis off to the NFL, but the defensive line really had a lot of good parts there. They're 43rd right now in the country in total defense, 20th in rush defense. That defensive front can be really problematic and a little bit scary there with the offensive line for Iowa. Though we saw improvements, we'll see how tangible that was. The mention, the numbers from Charlie Jones, look, this one again, you're going to have to score some points to win. You can't anticipate you're going to be able to get out here with a 13-10 win. I, I just don't think that's a realistic game plan with what we've seen Purdue do against the Iowa defense. That is not a blueprint to pick up a victory. Offense needs to move the football, probably need the defense to help out in a way, turnover, short field, those kind of things. Maybe the return game. We'll see if there's anything maybe special also up the sleeve of the Iowa special teams this week, some gadget plays and the like. Loved what we saw out of the offense, loved the sweet motion, not just using it from time to time, making it a big part of what you're doing offensively. There's a chance to win this football game. 
Four and a half is currently the number. That's where it is at Bet Online. That thing opened up when the opener came out. Purdue, a touchdown. What does that normally mean when you see a point spread move that quickly, at least in any particular book? It usually means that the sharp people, the professional bettors, are on a team. That means the pros, more likely, were on Iowa. Now, it only takes a couple of bets to move a line. It doesn't even have to be monster bets. You know, Circa, they're a place that allows... getting close to game day on particular games. It's not just a whale coming in there and betting that, but it's also about the respected betters. And if somebody that they really respect comes in and they fire at Iowa, they'll be very quick to adapt and change things. So something to keep an eye on there, but it does tell you, hey, a lot of people, at least some of the pros this week, they do like this Iowa team, an opportunity at minimum to keep it close, have a chance in the game against Purdue. Again, currently four and a half is the number. Coming up on tomorrow's show, Jace will stop by. We'll break things down with him. Get ready for Purdue. We're talking football. We're talking more basketball as well. Talked about it after the game Monday night and the exhibition win against Truman State. That thing was uh, a lot of fun to see that squad out there. Get a look at some of the fresh fresh faces. Get to see Josh Dix out there. Really impressed by what we saw out of him. He's got some bounce to him. Of course, Tony Perkins, who is a revelation and the potential new point guard now going forward for this Iowa team, what they do with that. So many different ways that they can beat you. This is going to be an Iowa basketball team, very similar to some of the ones we've seen in the past. They're going to have to outscore teams, but that's all right. Going to be an entertaining brand of basketball. That's coming up here as we continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast each and every day. Your team every day on the Locked On Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter to the most and biggest sports stories, excuse me, in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Jace will stop by and getting closer and closer for me to a little relaxation. Going out to Las Vegas for my wife's birthday. Heading to a cabana to watch the Iowa-Purdue game. In fact, we'll have the instant reaction right after that. Live from Circa and Stadium Swim on Saturday after the Iowa-Purdue game. We'll see how good I'm doing at that point in time. Might have to take a couple of edits to get that one right. We'll have a good time. We'll continue our good times here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Go Hawks.